Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 12 of NPC Talk. My name is Chris, and today is July 21st, 2015. And today, I am here with a lot of guests, and we are going to talk about Supergiant Games' very own Transistor. Um, so, as I introduce each guest, I wanna, I'm going to ask you guys, have you played Transistor and Bastion, and how long have... When did you last play Transistor? So uh, let's start with our guest, Austin. Hello. Hello, Chris. Um, uh, yeah, so go ahead. So I've kind of ashamed to admit I've only played half of Bastion. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you, you haven't been introduced. You leave me alone. <laughs> I, I stopped playing because uh, I switched computers and for some reason didn't bother to continue playing it after that transition. In any case, uh, I did play Transistor. Great. I finished that, apparently, at the end of January this year, so it's been quite a while. Okay, okay. Um, moving on, Roger, hello. Uh, hey, hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, have you played Transistor and Bastion? Uh, yes. Uh, according to my Steam account, the last time I played Transistor was uh, June 19, 2015. Okay. And for Bastion, uh, July 4th, 2015. Cool, cool, cool. Happy Independence Day. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Roger. Yeah. Uh, and another new guest, Ben, hello. Hello there. <laughs> hello. Have you played Transistor and Bastion before? Yes, I have. I'm actually quite a big fan of Supergiant. Um, I got Bastion, let's see here. Since I got it back in uh, November of 2012, so I think that's actually uh, a little bit after it came out. Mm. Um, so I I played that sometime back in 2012, I guess, and I played it twice. Uh, Transistor, I got it. Uh, I'm not sure when I got it, but it says here last played December of 2014. So it's been a while for me, um, but I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Awesome, awesome. And we have Anthony again. Hello, Anthony. Hello. Um, I played Transistor maybe like two months ago, a little bit before Roger. And then Bastion, I also only played half of it, like Austin was saying, but I played it a while ago, and it was because I wanted to get a controller for it because I hated playing it on the keyboard. But mm -hmm. I never got around to getting a controller, and then I just stopped playing. But it was really good when I played it. All these, uh, all these half plays of Bastion. Well, <laughs> our focus is on Transistor, so it's okay. And for our final guest, Kevin. Hello. Uh, hello. Um, yeah, I played Transistor May of 2014, and I played all of Bastion. In <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right. So, um, for those of you who don't know, Transistor is a video game, and <laughs> it came out. In um, May 20th, 2014, it's developed by Supergiant Games. And uh, let's start with kind of a weird question. So, Roger, can you describe Transistor for us? Uh, okay, uh, yeah. So it's an isometric game. Um, it's sort of like turn-based, but it has some real-time uh, gameplay to it if you choose to. Mm -hmm. um, and then... It's the art style and music is very similar to Bastion, um, and 
Yeah, uh, Anthony, would you like to add some additional information? <laughs> Whoa, call me out. <laughs> um, Go for it, Anthony. Yeah, I I think I really like the game because of the uniqueness of how it's played. Like, the battle system is really interesting. I really like how um, the weapon setup is, or I guess, I don't know if you call it weapon, but the skill setup and just being able to, like, stack skills and kind of defining your own play style and defining your own, like, battle system style, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, so when you say you like the battle system, what what is the battle system? Um, it's a little bit turn-based, but also real-time. I mean, it's kind of up to you how you want to play it. I've played it mostly turn-based, where um, you go into the, t- the time stop, and then you kind of plan out your attacks, mm-hmm. and then you let it play out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... So the main mechanic for Transistor is it's like your typical action game where you can press uh, buttons and you do like skills and attacks. Um, but the new mechanic... <laughs> press buttons and do things. <laughs> I hate you. Um, but the, the neat mechanic for Transistor is that if you press oh, a button, for me it was right trigger, um, you can pause time. And you have a certain amount of actions you can do that will plan out, you know, your next set of moves. And your character does them pretty much, like, almost instantaneously. But it, it's pretty neat. It adds a definite strategy element to the game. I believe it's called the say. turn function. The turn function, indeed. Thank uh, you, Mr. Austin. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Austin, do you like Transistor? Why and why not? Why or why not? I love it. I love it a lot. Um, and I approach this more from a story perspective. I really enjoyed the narrative of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the gameplay was great as well. I think it's very well crafted, very unique. Um, the art style, incredible. Mm-hmm. I saw the original trailer when they were first showing it, and I immediately knew I wanted to play this game at some point. <laughs> and the music is exactly what I expected, having played Bastion and really enjoying that soundtrack. But the narrative was the key component for me. I finished the game, immediately started New Game Plus, had to experience it again. So I'm, I clearly love it. Mm. Um, so, okay, let's go straight into the story. So what do you like about the story? Uh, how, how was, yeah, I don't know, the story is very mysterious in a way. Yes, agree. It is very mysterious. Intentionally so, ambiguous. <laughs> how, how spoilers do we want to get here? Full Just go spoilers. all the way. Full spoilers, man. Let's go. So, so to be fair, I had to like look up a lot of this, a lot of the narrative again. Um, I remembered it being ultimately a a love story, mm-hmm. but at the same time, digging back into this narrative that I've since forgotten since January, I realize again how in how deep really you can go into the narrative if you want to, right? So the whole game has this kind of exploration. Um, it rewards you for reading the lore it provides or looking for terminals in the world that provide information about the world around you. Mm-hmm. You can skip almost all of it, right? You can just treat this as an action game. Um, but to me, the the most rewarding part was really reading about these other characters that you don't really get to interact with, but reading about their lives just... Uh, really fleshes out this world of Transistor and the city of Cloudbank. Um, 
do you want to give us a summary of the story since you were actually the one who finished it most recently? I did finish it most recently. So, Transistor is, um, uh, you're okay. So you're this character named Red, and you have this sword type thing called the Transistor, and you are in the city of Cloudbank, and basically Transistor is in like full chaos mode, and things are like going apocalyptic and you're you're trying to figure out why and like what's going on and all you know is that this group supposedly evil called Cam- the camarada stole your voice and um later on you find it, they're also the ones who killed the voice that is talking through the transistor wait so, i have a question for everyone yeah i was about to who... press chris <laughs> <laughs> Who actually was able to follow the story in their first playthrough? Mm. I will say I did not. I got a right good part here. of it. <laughs> I got a good part of it, but uh, I just the second playthrough helped a lot. And reading up later on what really is like fan theories really made the story come alive more. I agree. I yeah, I had to read up on it after I played through it. I'm like, because a lot of pieces didn't make sense in my head. So. I, I think at least in terms of the story and the narrative and stuff, there's mm-hmm. sort of this, um, you can kind of take it from a surface level and, you know, you can kind of uh, think about it pretty straightforwardly the way mm-hmm. just as it is presented and come out with, you know, oh, you know, X, Y, and Z happened and in the end, A, B, and C happened and yay, the game is ended, you know, but kind of like what Austin is saying, there's a bunch of, um, you know, there's a whole community of, you know, people who've played transistors that have you know come up with some theories as to why certain things are the way it is or where uh you know the transistor came from um who is a uh, blue you know the, the the male voice you hear coming uh, from the from the transistor the object um you know what were the uh what were the original goals of the camarada you know did voice bracket have a different goal in mind you know there's a there's a bunch of things especially the ending you know like um is the ending real life? Is it, you know, not real <laughs> is this life? Real life? Did, did is Red it commit layer? suicide? Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Yeah, no. just go for it. We, we've mark, got full mark. spoilers now. Yeah, no, but I mean, I I say that as in it's it's not very clear. Just uh, looking at it from this very surface uh, perspective, you know. Yeah. That's where this whole you know, a lot of people kind of chiming in about their you know their opinions and their interpretations as to the. You know that the meat, the bulk, and the the depth of the story. Mm. I think that's where mm. it, it's it's designed well in that sense. I think because you know it can cater to a lot of different people. Where you know some people maybe don't really care about that, and you know they like the gameplay. They like you know, not having to think too much about what the story is doing. They just kind of think take things that face value, mm. and it'll still be an enjoyable experience. Whereas for mm. some other people, you know, they really want to try to g- dig into the lore of the game. Figure out, you know, what is Cloud Bank? Is it a real city? Is it a not real city? It's, a representation. You know, yeah. So there's a whole bunch of there's. I think it, it can cater to multiple audiences, and in my opinion, does a does a pretty successful job at that. So, mm. so what theories did you have then on said story? Oh, <laughs> all right, guys, sit down. We're here all for right, this. Uh, buckle up, kids. <laughs> all right, I'm take it oh down. no. Take a nap. Uh, went there. there. Okay. All right. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I didn't really have much theories at 
first. Um, I well, I mean, on my initial initial playthrough, I had no idea what the story was going to be. Um, I mean, I, I recall watching the trailer, and um, you know, not much was revealed about the story itself. You know, it just kind of painted it as, oh, there's a protagonist, there's a group of you know antagonists. You have to stop them from their evil plans. You know, hooray! Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really not like that at all. Um, it's actually somewhat reminiscent to me with like, um, you know, those games where, you know, it's like the evil guys aren't actually evil guys. Yeah. 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 It's all just different perspectives, you know, it's kind of like that. Right. Um, okay. So getting to it though, it, there were aspects of it that were definitely hard to try to process like the spine. Um, I wasn't really sure what that is. (laughs) Or meant. So, <laughs> that was this so is random. From, um, okay, oh, so yeah. right off the bat, when you start the game, I was immediately hooked. The reason for that was because it has this uh, underlying theme of uh, programming and uh, you know computers and electronics. Right. 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 Everything mm-hmm. you know, it's your your powers are called functions. Um, you know, there are these terminals. Uh, f- from which people, you know, cast their votes on things and things like that. Mm-hmm. There are traces of people, and they give you uh, new powers. And uh, the, the <coughs> nerd, whole, nerd. The whole... <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, keep going. You're feeling okay there. Um, <laughs> yes, a cost I, I really, I really got into it very quickly, just just from that theme alone. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot to be gained if you have that sort of extra background and knowledge with regards to those things, I guess, those, that topic. Um, because, you know, things like the fact that, you know, that it's not really a time-stopping thing, right? It's just, it's like a move, or uh, if anything, it'll be, it should be categorized as like a function, mm. um, right? Because it's referred to by the, you know, the parentheses, which is, let's just say that that's, that's how you would define a function or call yep. a function in this case. Yep, yep. Uh, and this time freezy thing is called turn, and it's also, you know, turn parentheses. It's like that. Mm-hmm. In any case, so that was all great and fine. And then we get to this thing like the spine, and that, to me, doesn't have an immediate analog to this sort of programming computer type of realm. So I wasn't sure what to make of that. And then that's where you kind of get this feeling of, oh, there's, there's more going on than meets the... Uh, surface sort of um you know oh everything is an analogy to programmy things Mm, mm -hmm. huh Uh, but moving from that did you eventually reach the conclusion that everything is related to the programming slash hardware technology it is but then what 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 uh realistic manifestation of real life stuff can you attribute to the spine? I mean, I, I have heard some, or I've, I read some theories about what the spine may represent, but that's uh-huh. one of one of the still outstanding question marks. If well, anything, okay. okay, you should probably define what the processes are first. Yeah, so, so that's so the enemies that's you what I was actually going to say. Yeah, go for it. Um, well, why don't you go for it, Mister Austin? No, I, I just want to <laughs> point out that I don't like talking. So, Austin, go ahead. We're going we're gonna to derail. Uh, so. The enemies that you encounter throughout the world of Transistor are all called processes. Yep. Um, so they're they have a very distinct appearance. They're all white and red as the color scheme, 
and they look simultaneously some of them look humanoid or animal like there's one that resembles a dog yeah at the same time because of the color scheme and the the way that they were uh designed they also look very alien um so through the whole game you encounter these things called processes and in a way, the spine I'll, has been... I actually have to interject there, because they're yep. not called processes. They're called the process. Uh, as, Continue. Oh, okay. <laughs> they're called the process. It's true. Uh, the spine is supposedly, some people say, a just a large... Yes, just yeah. a large process. Hmm. Yeah. So that kind of allows me, I guess, a neat little transition back into our original discussion about what the spine was so if we kind of go with that theory which you know it makes sense because it it was i I believe it was stated that it was a pro it was part of the process Mm -hmm. so sure we say that it's a it's a you know a naturally large process or just you know in comparison it's a very large process Mm -hmm. um that's you know what was it you can kind of see it as Mini bosses, well, not mini bosses. It's like, what would you call that? You know, like in games, you you go to separate dungeons and whatever, and there are bosses at each level. It's kind of like that, right? You you encounter the spine at various points in the game, and it's kind of one of those harder battles than the others. Yeah, um, he's like a reoccurring boss, right? Yeah. O- only in the yeah. sense that it's stronger than the general process, but really, it is no different than encountering the other process. I would think. Well, in terms of story too, whenever you fought the spine, mm-hmm. uh, it it kind of um, there was a narrative significance to it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like that one one where you go all the way up to the towers, and then if you finally defeat it, you know, you go inside the spine and stab it right in the heart, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then that had that whole oh, that artwork on at that scene was pretty cool. Great, yeah, yeah it was really, really it cool. suddenly turned into this two D sort of realm. Kind of like Egyptian hieroglyphics on the walls, sort of deal. Yeah. Oh man, the, the art design in that game is pretty great. Yeah, definitely. Her name is Jen, but um, she, man, her work on both Bastion and Transistor has been it's just outstanding. Oh, she, she just yeah. It was just her. I, mean, I, not I, a I think large she's studio. the lead. Yeah, they don't have. Yeah, I don't think they have much headcount. And at the very least, she's she's definitely like the uh, the head of the art vision mm. for the yeah. games. So mm. um, I actually thought that you know at the end when you see uh, Red and stuff mm-hmm. at uh, with with her companion or Blue or whoever you call him, mm-hmm. um, kind of looks like her. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought I thought she was kind of drawing herself there, but uh, you know, oh. kind of besides the point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chris. I think I think we kind of derailed. Derail All right, let's hop back to the plot. Mm. I, no, I keep, sort of keep going. Well, about there. So I I just made up this theory on the spot. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, finished. So we're we're talking about the process here, right? And so yeah. everything in the world of Transistor is, uh, as Ben is saying, computer based, right? You have you know turn, you have functions and stuff, right? And then all all of a sudden you have the process, which you know is a computer term. Um, but, but everything related to the process seems to be more alive, right? You have, you know, the spine and then you have, you have like man, right? Who were those aliens toward the end? And then you have like those dog things and you have snapshot and those are very 
you know, process things, right? Very action-oriented. And so it almost feels like if you were in the world of Transistor as a computer, you know, who are you really fighting against, right? And it's, is the process, you know, the user um, doing processes on the computer? Is that what you're fighting against? Who knows? So you're interpreting us as a character stuck in a world controlled by users that we can't see? Yeah, like machine oh, versus man. Mm. That's an interesting interpretation. I think that that's close to sort of in line with um, the way I understand the theory. Mm-hmm. But it would be more sort of like um, digitized versions of mankind versus uh, software, I guess. Mm-hmm. Sense. Mm-hmm. And it's also, I think it should be also pointed out that um, though it is kind of like, you know, yo, you're fighting the process in the in a traditional sense, um, there, there's, there's this, uh, ah, I'm not sure how to exactly describe it, but the processes are doing its job. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, I guess we're, we're going to kind of, dive in here to yeah. some of the uh, the the story of it as uh as uh revealed slowly over the course of the game mm-hmm. through the um you know the logs uh you see uh, the uh, the descriptions you find about each uh, people you come across um and namely the camarada um who mm-hmm. will tell you about you know what has been done what is happening and what might happen so there is that idea that this process is um, initially designed to help uh, the admins of the world, which is, you know, the Grant and uh, Royce and Sybil and Kendrill. Well, mm-hmm. not even just I'm... the Camarado. The Camarado was a shadow government. E... Yes, the well, those, those are the admins that... Those those are really the only oh actually only, maybe only Grant was an admin only Grant case, actually made it to the admin level in the society right. itself. Yes, yes, yes. So we have the admins who would um, be able to use the process to change the world of CloudBank as voted by popular as mm-hmm. popular as, vote by, by popular vote. Right? Yep. So you go to these terminals throughout the game, and then it'll ask you a question like, "Oh, what weather?" Yeah, what weather would you like to have today? And then, you know, you vote on something and it says, ooh, you know, 55% of people voted for Sunny or something like that. Yeah. And I, I, I believe as Royce described that the process was what was used to change the landscape of, of this world of CloudBank mm-hmm. to meet the demands of the, of the people and the populace. Um, so, in, uh, you know, from that perspective, there's, it's, it's a little, I don't know, unfair, I guess. To, to point the process as you know being these uh, bad things that you have to fight and kill, you know? so it's just wanted to point that out. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there's multiple parts of the plot, right? You can like focus on just like the social commentary of the game. You can focus on the the well, both in terms of, like a political version, political perspective, or the technological perspective. So as what did you focus on, Chris? I'm curious. Like, it so, sounds like you're thinking of the technology more. Um, yeah, actually, I uh, I think of it in a very human sense, even though I did just describe the world 
as a machine. Um, I'm just going to go straight to the ending because that's like really what <gasps> what hit me. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so, if you guys haven't played the... It's too late now. We're just going to the ending. <laughs> so, at the end of um, Transistor, Red and um, I guess Blue, right? Is what they call I him. Don't know his name. Just call him Blue. I call him. Let's call him Blue. That's a cool name. I call him unman, unnamed man. So red and blue beat Royce and uh, his sword. His sword. We're gonna call him Rolls. Um. And so he. Uh, what? Wait. He, what? Rolls. What? Oh, uh, we we're gonna call his sword, sword Rolls because you know Rolls who's, and Royce. Who's? Who's? Oh. Royce's sword, right? Oh. Uh, yeah. You're just <laughs> naming his sword. Yeah, I'm just... Uh, okay. Anyway. You could just call it his transistor. Yeah, okay. Anyway, I was just making a Sorry. bad joke. Um, <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if my slow clap got picked up by my mic, but... I, I heard one clap. I heard one clap. <laughs> much much slow claps were had. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on. After uh, Red beats Royce, um, the they have the whole cloud bank to as an empty canvas, right? And the transistor is the paintbrush to create the world that they can, that they dream of because it's all under their control. And red decides to, in the end, kill herself with the transistor right next to blues original body. And that is a point of contention as to whether she, whether it's, whether it's actually killing herself. Yeah. Whether Uh. it's actually suicide or not, but continue, continue. Oh, interesting. Destruction. Well, so, ooh, that's a really interesting point. I did not think that. Um, so the way I interpreted it is I saw it as suicide. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was that it was a thing of beauty that you never heard Red's voice because she was silenced the whole game. Mm-hmm. And so you never know what she's thinking, even though you're the one controlling her. And so throughout the whole game, right? You're trying to, you know, beat the camarada, stop the process, you know, um, make Cloud Banker own. And, but the whole time, right, it's the transistor, it's Blue telling you all this, right? Blue saying, you know, let's do this. Let's go here. This is the right thing to do, right? But what is Red really thinking? And Actually, uh-huh. I will interject. I was re-watching all the cutscenes um, from the game. Yep. And if anything, the it's... Very impressive that Supergiant has managed to convey such a strong female protagonist. Well, not even female, just like strong protagonist without giving her an actual voice. Yeah. Because, so when you originally have the transistor, right, um, you, Blue assumes that, okay, we're alive. Let's skip town. I don't know what's going on, but we got to get out of here. Yes. So you guys uh, fight through the first level. You get to the motorcycle, which supposedly you would be able to use to get out of the uh, the city but during that cutscene as you transition to the second level of the game blue says blue is surprised that you are heading back the way you came so oh, if anything, point, yeah point. yeah yeah you're supposed to turn left oh no you weren't supposed like, to turn, you're left, supposed to turn you right turn. but then he yes. says you turned left right so if anything red is constantly making decisions to continue to pursue her goal blue is always only reacting to her decisions because he actually himself has no free will uh, since he's trapped in a sword. Yeah. So through the whole game, you realize that every decision that, or every action that you take 
this path and this narrative is a conscious decision on Red's part. She's not doing it because Blue tells her not to. And if anything, Blue is an unwilling participant that eventually resigns himself to, you know what? We're going to, we're going to find out what happened. We're going to get to the bottom of this and we're going to mm. make the camera out of pay. And then eventually as at the very end, when Red decides to assuming that the superficial interpretation is the correct interpretation to take her own life, even then blue is unable to stop her. Right. So mm. this whole time blue actually has no control. He's always just reacting to right, right. decision making, and so you get this like huge sense of who this person is, and you can actually develop empathy and why the ending is so strong. Because even though the main character never speaks, right through all the cutscenes, through the way that Blue reacts to her silent decisions, mm-hmm. through her facial expression in the, many of the uh, really beautifully drawn, really not moving pictures, they're just pictures. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like just her facial expression, they convey her personality. Mm-hmm. So, at the end of the day, Red has the character. She is the person making the choices here. Right, right. So going back to the origin, going back to the original topic we we're talking about, right? The ending, right? So, so yeah, so I was getting uh, Blue's motives wrong, but um, but I think it, it doesn't change my thought of what Red what was going through Red's head, right? <laughs> and um. Yeah. And that's um, that to me, and I could totally be wrong, but I interpreted it as Red was madly in love with Blue and they're, you know, madly in love with each other. And Blue is saying, you know, let's, you know, let's escape or like, let's do this. Let's just be together. And Red is with her decision saying, you know, that's not good enough. I want Blue back, you know, the way it was before. And so I think she was going through this whole thing, knowing the power, knowing that the transistor is powerful, with the hope that um, she can get blue, you know, like resurrect blue, basically. And in the end, when um, when she finds blue's body and she wasn't able to use the paintbrush to make to get blue back, that's why she commits suicide. And even though that was against what blue wanted, which was blue saying. No, um, I know this isn't the best situation, but it's it's what we have. Let's just go with it. But Red says, you know, that's not good enough, and you know, she offed herself. Yeah, you know, it's actually it's actually hinted that they may actually be either engaged or married. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, she actually wears a ring on yep. on, on her ring finger. How do you see it? It's in the rolling credits, I think, uh-huh. or in a lot of one, a lot of those still frame pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch her hand. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there, there are little little things like that, which you know, like like we were saying earlier, it's it's not picked up, you know, just just looking at it at the very surface, you know, not really caring about that stuff. But you can you know dig deeper, and there's these layers to the game, which ah oh, just makes me shiver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree with Ben. It's just going back, admiring the amount of work they put in, but. Like subtle work. A lot of games hit you on the head with like what they're trying to tell you or the message, or you know, they're just like a fun ride. Transistor goes beyond that. It has the realm of fan theories. It opens the door for discussion. And seriously, we can probably fill three hours with just. I mean, Ben and I could probably fill three hours just talking <laughs> about interpretations and the plot and 
like oh what's the camarada's real intent and what's the inter- what's the real existence of cloud bank and how does that tie into interpreting interpreting our existence as human beings and interacting with technology and blah blah blah, blah. so that's really what transistor came down to for me besides just being like this elegant game itself right right and, yeah it's you really know, awesome. for, for the record i i would just like to say that my interpretation is that cloud bank and all of that is actually a a, a virtual world mm. um, yeah it's not it's not real in the sense that it's it's not physical the similar to you know the reality that we live in so i don't think it is that um, yeah. And judging by the way, um, you know, like your, your powers and stuff, you know, that you use functions and you're fighting processes or, you know, you could even say you're killing processes. Actually, you know, you, you say that you kill a process and things like that in the computer lingo and stuff. So it seems to me that you're actually in a in a virtual environment mm-hmm. and it's not it's. Yeah, uh, I'll just stop there for now. No, I agree. I'm actually I'm actually curious to hear what the uh, what what everyone else thought, um, how everyone else interprets the uh, the world of Transistor and the story therein. Okay, okay. Um, Kevin, are you still alive? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, what would you think of the game? by the Transistor. Yeah. You, um, you mean you, the story? You don't you don't have to go with the story. You. You can tell us what uh, what you found most enthralling about the game, or we can go into the story. You know, either way. How'd you play it? Um, so I think I just really liked um, the art style of it. That's one thing that really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you all just love that art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I like how um, it's not exactly like cyberpunk, right? It's like it has like similar themes but like yeah but it's I know, more like i know i know what you mean yeah right it's like not as like dystopian i guess mm-hmm. it's it's sort of a little more cheerful sometimes um but regardless i i guess i really like that sort of that world they created okay yeah yeah argue it's a yeah. utopia instead of a dystopia yeah yeah supposedly Ooh. or yeah <laughs> Um, okay awesome yeah I really uh, I think what makes I think what Austin was saying earlier about what makes Transistor really cool is that you know people enjoy it for different reasons and I think it's cool that you know you notice the art style as kind of one of its strongest points which you know in a way it is so I think it's kind of been Supergiant's thing with their you know with their two games so far like Bastion was a gorgeous game too. So. Yeah, it yes. was. Um, Roger, are you alive? Uh, yes. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Um, so, uh, what was your take on the transistor story? Uh, you don't get easy <laughs> questions. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, this is kind of embarrassing, but I wasn't really paying attention much to the story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's I sort of just right? took it at face value and just, you know, just kick butt and take names. <laughs> yeah, nice. but, that, but that's yeah. totally fine. Like we yeah. were saying, I, th- I think it they've designed the game well where it, it caters to people who expect and want different things out of their games, you know? Mm-hmm. So the experience can is, is, you know, cater to whatever you want it to be. 
Yeah. Like, I was really into the gameplay, actually. And I guess that's what distracted me from the story. Mm. Just the way that they, they design, like, the functions and how they interact with each other. It sort of, like, added additional effects. Like, if you upgrade it, a function with another function. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked that mechanic, I must say. And it's kind of like you find the best way to suit your own, like, play style or your fighting style throughout yeah. the whole game. Like, you can either stack a bunch of support spells and then do one ultra combo at the end that does, like, 5,000 damage, or you just spam, like, one spell the whole time to do area effect, or you just, like, you know, I think as the game progressed, as you get more functions, every time you get a function, you get really excited to see what the function can do, because each function has so many different um, uses, like, you can use it as a passive, you can use it as a support, you can use it as an active, and, like, the way it stacks with the other functions, you're always trying to find, like, the most optimal way, or even like the most fun way of using something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like I probably spent some time in um, like the backyard in the training room, just <laughs> messing around with like, different combinations and just finding my own play style. It was really fun. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. So, Roger, what uh, what was your favorite uh, play style? Like, what were, what were your favorite functions put together? Uh, so then I had um. Let me try to remember. I had Void, and then I stacked Void with Purge and um, um, that other function that heals you, that gives you lifesteal. Tap, yeah. Yeah, yeah, tap. And then, um, and then I had a mode uh, upgraded with Cole and Kane, I think. And then I had a Jaunt with a Get, so that every time I dash, it would do like a gravity route. Mm-hmm. So then what I would do is I would just void like every um every enemy and then I would just put a load like where my character is at mm-hmm. and then I would just jaunt out of there so that all the enemies would get sucked in and then the load would explode. Awesome. I actually don't remember the names of all the functions and what they do. But uh what, do, what does load do? <laughs> oh, load is like the bomb. Okay, yeah, yeah. So load's yeah. the one that, that puts the packets, right? Yeah, yeah, the packet. And then you would jaunt, and then what else would you do? Uh, I would like void everything, like, including the bomb or the load. Mm-hmm. So they just load and then void every enemy so that they get the debuff. And then they also get the slow. Nice, yeah, And then yeah, yeah, after yeah. I jaunt out of there, then... It pulls all the enemy to the load, and then mm-hmm. just huge AOE damage. Nice. It's pretty clever. Oh, thank yeah. you. Like, I remember reading on Reddit, like, all these people's different, like, oh, no, this is the best way to play. Oh, no, this is the best way to play. And then everyone has, like, their own different function combos, and I think it makes the game really fun. And I was just told that if you play the game a second time around, you can get two of every function. Yep, yep. Which is crazy, because I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you after, get for not playing New Game Plus. After, after you beat the game once and you recurse through the story, uh, play, play it a second time, you keep all of the ones you got from the previous playthrough. So then, naturally, right. as you go through the game and you acquire those same ones again, you have the one you previously had plus the one you're getting. So that's the two. I also think but, I played the game without unlocking all the functions. Because oh, I don't think you so. max level before you unlock all the functions. Right? I don't you know. You got all the functions going through the game your first playthrough. You 
Yeah. No, you have to reach a certain level to get the last function. Oh, I guess if you did it. Every time you level up, you get a function, right? You get to pick one. Uh, other, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or you can take the memory upgrade at certain intervals. Yeah. Yes. That's true. I definitely missed one uh, on my first playthrough. Yeah, me too. <laughs> ben and my uh, must complete everything max. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, was actually, I was actually just going to get to that right now where, you know. The uh, the completionist in me, where I notice when you use a combination of the functions, you'll see a little green check mark next to it if you have oh, no. this function. So naturally, I have to get a green check mark on every single combination. And I, I, I didn't. I did not. I was and like, I oh no. On man, my second, that. and on my second playthrough, I realized, oh man, I have to do it with each function paired with itself. Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> yep. It's a lot of combinations, man. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. You know, it was actually a pretty, pretty cool, um, slightly gimmicky and cheap way to um, beat some of those challenges was a uh, purge with crash. Because um, you can get it to uh, seek the enemies plus give them the uh, the debuff. short. No, not not the debuff. They're they're par- they're stunned for a bit. Yeah. yeah. So especially when you get to those challenges with just a bunch of those mans. Right, the man processes. Yeah, mm. um, and they can be really annoying. But as long as you stay sort of a distance away from them, they kind of leave you alone. You know. Yeah, yeah. And they don't throw haircuts at you. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can you can kind of you know keep on shooting these purges at them, and then they'll just kind of stay in place. Interesting. Um, and then you can get close and use actual crash, you know, in combination with whatever you want. Um, that those were a lot of neat things, and I think I I put the uh, load odds as my side slot, so yeah. it'll drop it'll drop those packets as I'm you know hitting these guys and they can't move, and every now and then it'll drop, and then as I hit, <laughs> it unleashes the bomb and all. Yeah, it was so good as a passive. It was my <laughs> yeah, favorite. load. Yeah, I, I would just, what I would just I used. keep letting it drop everywhere. And <laughs> yeah. Um, Anthony, how how did you play Transistor? Um. Well, uh, I don't. I I kind of switched playstyles in the middle of the game. Like in the beginning, I was playing a more like DPS, like you know, just a lot of. I want to say it, I played a lot of uh, call. Mm-hmm. Call was like the go-to spell if you wanted to do high DPS. And that's then later, a, that's the big uppercut one. Yeah, that you yeah. do like two hundred or three. I don't know, a lot of damage. Yeah. And then later, I started doing like combos with call. And then, eventually, I don't like. At one point, I was killing multiple things at the same time. Whereas in the beginning, I was doing one enemy at a time, kind of thing. You know what yeah. I mean? But um, I don't know. I just think the game was so well made. Like the limiters played a lot into the game on how you played the game too. And then aside yeah, from limiters, those were hard. <laughs> yeah, they were so hard. Do you want to explain what the try... limiters are? No. Oh. Did anyone explain what limiters are yet? Nope. Someone. No. <laughs> Anthony, you want to go for it? No. Um. So basically, you can add a handicap to yourself, and each limiter, like pretty much, handicaps you, like for something. Like you'll have less memory, or monsters are stronger. Yeah. Or they respawn faster if you don't pick up the cell. Oh man, that was so annoying. They give you like a bonus though, like leveling as it. Yeah. Um, Did anyone try it with all of them on? 
No. <laughs> right, of course, for a while. I had to to get yeah, that right? achievement. Yeah, <laughs> of course. I had to do of that too for at least one battle to make sure I got that achievement. That was a uh, makes it real real fun. I also like the death mechanic. How you don't really oh. die, or you don't really lose your spell. Like the first time when I died, quote unquote died, I lost a spell, and I was like, no. So I restarted the game. Because you know, like you know, ever, yeah, you thought it was gone forever, and then I realized, oh, it just spawns after your next, after you reach the next save point, which I thought was genius. Because then it kind of like, it's incentive, but then at the same time, it pushes the story, pushes the game forward without having, without you feeling terrible for yourself mm-hmm. for losing one of the. You know, um, you know what functions. sucks though is when you when one of them overloads, as I, I believe they called it, yes. the function overloads. Um, <laughs> if you were like me and you were trying to get all of those combos, but then the function overloads and you have the limiter on where it doesn't recover until like two wow. save points later. Oh man, it was killing me. I was like, <laughs> I need to get this combo through a battle and it keeps overloading. Ah. That's because you're being greedy. <laughs> the, the OCD in you, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good times. Good times. Good times. Um, so I want to talk about the Camerata. Okay. Um, so the Camerata were... I don't know. We, we talked about them a little gay. bit. Um, what's up? They were gay. Oh. <laughs> yes, they actually were. Uh, wait, three what? Of the members of, three members of the Camerata were gay. How do you... Which, which was also amazing because... Right, exactly. You could totally miss that. I missed that. How do you... What? Because Asher and Grant... Asher loved Grant, and that's why he... Like stayed to take care of him and stuff. Also, Sybil loved Red, which is why this whole thing began. Mm. That's the story. So, like, three of the members are gay in the story. Like, three like major characters are gay, and you could like completely have not seen that. Uh, I thought, and it won't matter. And it doesn't matter, but it's just like this nice like little detail, just like, oh, and like it's not apparent. Like, no one ever says they love them, right? Huh. Actually. Is, uh, Asher does, but does he directly say he loves Grant? Yeah, I think he's I just think like I'm going to follow. Pretty sure him. he did. I don't know. It's I'm pretty sure. Okay. I w- did not pick that up. I I thought Asher like loved Grant in a more like fatherly figure because that I, that's how I interpreted it. No, no. I I, I think it's if you read. I will. I'm pretty sure if if you read all the stuff, I it seemed like it was pretty clear. Yeah, it's hmm. pretty clear that they were in a romantic relationship. Oh, interesting. I read but, uh, yeah. most Go of the ahead. character cards, but I, I'm really bad at catching up, or catching on to hints, so... <laughs> so, yeah. They have the same last name. They have the same last name. Oh, apparently yeah. they were married. Nice job, Kevin. Mm. There you go. He Boom. says that they're married. Boom. Yeah. Right. I, okay. Yeah, totally, totally did not catch that. Totally thought they were family <laughs> but what what is what is actually significant about that fact is is sybil like austin brought up um you know, that kind of sort of put all of this into motion yep. you know, because sybil was essentially jealous of blue oh. but let's go back to what chris is trying to say about the camera oh what were you no, trying we to say chris? about we are talking about the. We camera are talking about the camera. Come on. Yeah, but what did you want to talk about specifically? Where Where were you going before we derailed you about their uh, romantic relationships with each other? Uh, where was I? <laughs> Your going? joke went sour. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
I think, uh, yeah, just, I just want to talk about the Camerata as an organization and kind of what you guys thought the purpose of the Camerata were and where, because Royce, to me, felt very independent of the rest of the Camerata, but I don't know. Uh, Kevin, what'd you think? Um, what their, like, goal was? Yeah. yeah, that's a good place to start. Um, yeah, so I guess there, there was, like, that one quote that Royce said where, um, I think it was Rice, where he was like, when everything changes, nothing changes. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's the so, motto. I mean, oh, yeah, the motto. <laughs> um, so the way I interpreted it was, like, they were trying to change CloudBank, like, in a more, um, like, not superficially, but, like, in a real way, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's why they were trying to control the process kind of thing. Um, that's what I took away from that was. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, ben, what'd you think? Uh, so it's essentially what Kevin was saying. Um, that whole motto of the, uh, when everything changes, nothing changes. Um, it, I, I think it, I, at least I recall. So it's, it's been a while for me since I played, but from what I recall, um, they were seeing this pattern with CloudBank that there would be these, you know, small changes uh, voted on by the people, which seems to be drastic and all that. Mm-hmm. But in the grand scheme of things, everything sort of kept repeating in a cycle where it was completely predictable as to how the people were going to vote yep. and what people wanted. And they were looking into this uh, phenomenon or observation and decided for themselves to try to break the cycle and try to, you know, put a change, change things up, I guess. Uh, that's, that's what spawned the whole idea of, Oh, let's take the transistor out of the cradle and stab people with it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm. So, so what happened was that Royce, he was an architect for the city. And so he would try to present novel, architecture that would, is supposed to make the lives of people better. Like, oh, we should move bridges here or build them in such a way. And then, But because the society of CloudBank is built around complete democratic rule, people would then say eventually, let's destroy that bridge and put something else there. And he realized, as an architect and mathematician, that society cycles around patterns of sameness. Yeah. Grant, on the other hand, realized this as a politician that he eventually had argued for every single possible perspective. And he realized that society itself was built around a cyclical nature mm-hmm. when it's purely democratic. So those two are portrayed in the game as like the ringleaders of the camarada. Yep. Whereas Asher we used to work for the, I believe it's the news agency of the cloud bank, the OVC. Um, and he essentially met Grant and through their relationship and through his uh, journalistic pride, I guess, of trying to dig up history on CloudBank, he realized there is no history of CloudBank because history is cyclical. Mm-hmm. So eventually history becomes irrelevant because every moment is the same. Yes. Um, Sybil, I think, is the one I remember the least regarding how she became a member of the Camerata. I believe she was like their social she 
member. Wasn't she also Red's like publicist or something like that? I mean, she she organized a lot of the. I'm reading the Wikipedia now to kind of try to figure out what's going on. But she essentially was the organizer for a lot of the public events, and yeah. she met Red, putting up these programs for like, oh, she, here's a new up and coming artist, and eventually. She, she fell for red and also yeah in a way i don't think she's a publicist per se i any more than she's a publicist for all the other people in cloud bank i presume she was hired or she was brought into the camarada because of her social standing and like a lot of i think it was noted in the game itself that she's the camarada's eyes and ears right so she was the people she was the one scouting this is like a really unique individual and worthy to be absorbed into the transistor which then gets into the question of why did the camarada feel the necessity to absorb people's or oh. create functions from people in the transistor mm. hmm. well so that that's, that's definitely a good point i should probably talk what do you think chris you want to talk about that now i uh <laughs> are you are you uh, did did you want did you want anything else out of, out of the uh, camera? Like, was there something else? Yeah, you you wanted to talk about. Oh no no, we we should go with this transistor killing people talk. Um, but I'm just warning you guys right now. This is the part of the of the podcast where it goes over my head, and you guys <laughs> are gonna have to carry me like the spine. Because <laughs> All right, well, let's go to a commercial break, folks. Because <laughs> we'll I got be nothing. right back. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I have no theories about why the transistor. I d- definitely didn't understand it to any semblance of, uh, yeah, what what it probably could mean. So I don't know. Ben, do you have any theories? Uh, let's turn it to Kevin first. <laughs> or or Roger. I haven't heard these two talk in a while. I, just I only. I just didn't say Roger because. Hey, I talked about the Camerata. okay okay i will take it (laughs) um well at at least from what i remember and from what i understood i thought the um this thing was sort of already in place i think grant oh not grant uh royce mentions that he sort of stumbled upon the transistor yes he did right Um, it's not something that he devised and created of his own will um but it was, and and you know you were talking earlier about how Grant, uh, sorry, Royce was the architect or something like that. I thought he was just like the one in charge of enacting the changes that were voted upon by the people. I, I didn't I didn't realize he was someone who had plans. I mean, because everyone had their own opinions about what the what cloud how cloud bank should be changed. Yeah, as a just as a quick background of Royce, he was an engineer basically. He was right. a mathematician engineer of Cloud Bank. Yes. So that so that's what I remember. I, I remember him being the one that was sort of in, in charge with, oh, you know, we're going to turn the sky purple. And then he would go and, you know, he would use the transistor to control the process to change Cloud Bank. Right. Right. So that that's sort of what the deal was with regards to how Cloud Bank sort of functioned. And then... Um, they had this, you know, they found that, oh, you know, history is cyclical. We should go and try to change things because when everything changes, nothing changes. Um, so I think it was a grant that 
you know, asked Royce, you know, let me take the transistor, and Royce let him, something like that. So they like took it out of the cradle, and then they started um, with this idea of absorbing people into the transistor, um, people who they felt were prominent in society, and that uh, that they would be able to play. Um, be able to add on to the powers of the transistor to mm-hmm. such that when they, you know, rebrush, you know, the canvas or whatever, yeah. that that it would be something different and something new and something not uh, boring or the same. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So so uh, that was how I had understood the motivation behind Camerata trying to you know, mm. stab them, which is sort of the, uh, the the negative perspective of things, right? But if we you know, side note onto my sort of uh, interpretation of everything being sort of virtual. It's not really killing people as, mm-hmm. as we would, you know, it's not like they got a kitchen knife and started stabbing people with it and somehow their blood like fused with the sword. Actually, I guess that is kind of like... It is basically what's happening. Yeah, but in a virtual sense, right? Right. Um, which is well, that's assuming really you're... interesting. That's assuming you're uh, accepting the cloud bank as a virtual representation. Right. So this is, you know, definitely a side. But, you know, the whole when you go into Transistor, you see a server farm mm-hmm. with the people you've absorbed into the Transistor in mm-hmm. their respective, you know, little pods and stuff. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we can talk about that later if you want. No, but... actually, I want to talk about it now. I'm going to talk about it now. All right, Chris. (laughs) Um, Fine. No, yeah, I think now's a good time to kind of talk about your theory and how, I guess, the ending with red and blue um, coincides with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you want to, you know, go for it, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, You know, I I remember when I was first playing that, I, I really did not... It was, it was, that part was definitely confusing because, you know, you like go into the transistor, but within the transistor, you and Royce each have your own transistors and all around you, there are bigger versions of transistors. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, just that imagery of that scene was definitely confusing. Like what the heck is going on? Yeah. So I, I'm not sure how to, dis- you know, I, I think some things you sort of have to just take it as is mm-hmm. um, my sort of interpretation of it is is this whole sort of theme of you know cyclical uh, repetition or recursion if you will <laughs> where there are transition transistors inside of transistors you know and there are multiple transistors within each manifestation of this you know quote-unquote world mm. inside of each transistor and so forth Right. If you want to get all, you know, sort of engineering about it, you can think of it as, you know, if you have a circuit and you've got a transistor as part of your circuit, and you know, there are these little electrons and stuff that's floating around, and you can kind of imagine the, you know, virtualized life forms of, you know, these processes that are that exist, you know, physically in your computer, right? And this mm-hmm. is kind of like, you know, the story of the of these virtual software things that live inside your computer and what happens when you, you know, uh, press Alt F4 and kill a process? You know, it's mm. I, I, I kind of, I kind of, you know, have fun thinking about it in that context. Um, okay. But going going back to the topic at hand, so that final battle was really 
curious for me in it, you know, especially when you uh, uh, go into your turn, right? And I think if you get the timing right, you'll see the outlines of, you know, what look like humanoid forms inside of each of the pods. Yep, yep. Right? Yeah, each of them are they're called trace banks, and then it shows, you know, subject, name, whatever, whatever, you know, Sybil or whatever. Um, so, you know, that clearly to me seems like, you know, that's the uh, the absorbed or, you know, downloaded or uploaded or imported or whatever have you um, mm -hmm. of the of the the residents of CloudBank that were absorbed into uh, the transistor that Red has in possession. And mm -hmm. another thing to note is that in that scene, off in the corner in the background, you see what looks like an outline of a red barn, like a farm. It's the country. Right? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, there's the that whole thing about the country and stuff. And then that ending scene, if you look at it, there is that same building, that reddish barn-like thing. Yep, yep, uh, yep. With the field, uh, which, you know, I either, you know, they, you know, it's it's a little... It starts to get a little hand wavy at this point. Yeah. To but, clarify, did you define what the country was? We did not. Oh, we haven't brought it up yet, so I, I it's kind of. Yeah. So essentially, okay. the whole game they reference this place called the country. Like people supposedly go to the country when they retire, when a lot of the people who disappear, aka absorbed into the transistor, uh, you learn that a lot of news or a lot of their friends just assume that they've gone to the country. The whole game essentially sets up the concept of the country as a euphemism for death. Yes. And uh, just to clarify, the country always had a capital C. Yes, it is the country and yes. not a country. Hmm. They go to China. <laughs> <laughs> That's racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so back to the discussion. So like, then that's why they, the fight in the end being in like a country like such scenario or even going a little bit further in the game as you finish the game you know, after red supposedly has killed herself and the credits roll the very very last scene supposedly you, you can assume it's in the transistor itself because that's what happens to people who are killed by the transistor um absorbed yeah absorbed by the transistor <laughs> well you know interpretation right killed absorbed and then if the very very last scene that you see before the game basically says the game's over uh is a picture of the unnamed man blue and red uh -huh. standing in the countryside like like tall golden grass a uh, golden wheat grass whatever barn in the distance bright blue skies and she responds to his greeting with her actual voice right and it ends that's how it ends it ends in the country which it's really great because it's super ambiguous and you can take from it what you want. You can assume she's dead because the whole time the whole game set up the country as as like death. So she's dead. Right? She's gone to the country. Yep. Or you can see it as uh the country uh, this is like a fan theory that I've been reading up on the last few days, is the country is a euphemism for the actual real world. So this goes mm -hmm. along with like Ben's interpretation of Cloud Bank is a virtual representation. And then going to the country is essentially logging off, mm -hmm. right? And theoretically, that's a one-way trip because if everyone just logged off and they could log back in, there's no reason that the country would be presented as such a one-way trip. And also, why can't the citizens of CloudBank just log back into 
new new cloud bank that red paints back mm-hmm. right? it's it's a one way trip kind of situation um in any case the country is you physical for death or the real world or an alternative location that you cannot come back from mm-hmm. um so ben i just uh, why do you think red does what she does with the transistor i'm not going to say kills herself <laughs> what if she you. stab herself you can say stab herself yes because she does do that <laughs> okay why does she pierce her own heart with a sword i think it's her um, abdomen, actually and can we really call it a sword i'm just kidding <laughs> i don't think it's probably big enough. it's big enough where she stabbed her abdomen. It, it, it's uh, looking like she like cleaves herself in half yeah in any case anyways that's where the uh um what what seemed to me as you know sort of philosophical or you know, pretty deep or there's this sort of hidden message like thing to the story kind of comes to a halt um in terms of that choice because you know it suddenly shifts to you know it's not about anything else that you've encountered so far it's just the fact that she you know as a person or being or whatever mm-hmm. you know loves blue right mm-hmm. she does she would rather you know, have whatever fate take her and, you know, quote-unquote, be with Blue, mm-hmm. share the same fate as Blue, than to, uh, you know, continue to persist in this new cloud bank that she has, you know, all the powers at her disposal to make as, as she sees fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I think they... I think they might have been going... Okay, well, I, I'm not going to speculate as to what they might have been going for, but I kind of see that as... Um, in the end, you know, sort of, you know, analogous to real life now is in the end, it's about love. I, I think that's yes. kind of that's kind of the <laughs> takeaway that I got from it. You know, so whatever mm. whatever the process was, whatever the camarada was, whoever these other people were, whatever Cloud Bank actually is, in the end, whether it's real, simulated, virtual, uh, it's a dream or what have you, in the end, it's about for her love and her her love for Blue. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, let's skip Austin for now. And yeah, let's skip, <laughs> skip him. I'm, yes. I'm just gonna sit in the corner and like fidget. Teacher, teacher, I, I need to. I need to say something. Uh, Austin, what's up? No, 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 no. Let's oh, skip no, me I for now. <laughs> yeah, let's let's hear let's hear Anthony or Kevin. Anthony, the concept of love and transistor. What up? Honestly, I don't have that much to say about the story. I just marveled at the gameplay and the mechanics. Dude, no, just kidding. <laughs> Get out of here. You're I was like, whoa, fan. she killed herself. Podcast. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything because I'm like, oh, this is all news to me. <laughs> Austin, please go ahead. So, yeah, see, I only played the game once. So. so one awesome interpretation I read of this is if you take CloudBank as like this virtual construct, construct that people have like decided to live in basically right so they've decided to live in this this virtual world right at the end of this virtual world falls apart mm-hmm. kind of for not relevant reasons to why red kills herself in the end or stabs herself with the transistor at the end she absorbs herself she stabs herself with the transistor <laughs> in any case right if you see this as like a virtual world at the end of the game, Red has power over everything. She can build the world to her image, right? Like she know she basically has the power that the camarada originally wanted, 
um, though for for better or for worse, right? She can do what she wants with it. But at the same time, because of the events of the game, the entire population of Cloudbank has been wiped. They've been logged out. They've been taken to the country. They've died. Whatever your interpretation is. So she's left alone with all this power and no one to populate the world with, right? So one great interpretation I read was if you see Cloudbank as this virtual representation, it's kind of like your power over technology itself. She has complete control, yet at the end of the day, without a human aspect, without a person, and if you like push it to the limit without love, love. power itself <laughs> becomes meaningless, right? And that's like a, a trope that you hear over and over. You, it's come up so many times in movies. And one, one of the reasons I like Transistor so much is just how elegantly it's presented to you and how compelling the story is that even though they take this like same concept yeah you can have all the power you want but without love it doesn't mean anything like it takes that and presents it in like a fresh way Hmm. yeah yeah that makes it like such a great game yeah oh Uh i sorry i just remember we haven't even talked about it once and i have to bring it up because i love this aspect of the game so much is the music Oh man! <laughs> uh, his, yeah, I his, can't believe his, we have not talked yeah, about that. His his uh, soundtrack for both Bastion and Transistor, phenomenal. Um, yeah, I that's what got me initially hooked from the trailer because you know I, I looked at it, I was like, oh yeah, you know the art looks cool, you know the gameplay looks interesting and unique, but man, that that song, oh, that got. <laughs> me. <laughs> uh yeah, Kevin, how would you describe kind of like the music and how it adds to the game? It's very good, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> um, well described. Um, so, so one thing I, I remember in particular is um, there's this really neat detail they did where they actually have two versions of every song. Oh. Um, so if you press tab, I think, yes. Um, yeah. Basically, Red will hum the current background song. Oh yeah. So yeah. they actually have a humming version of their song. Left trigger. And I thought that was really neat. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that was a uh... huh. I guess I did know that, but I didn't really like put it together. Typical host. <laughs> um... <laughs> I just want to point out if you hum when so during the spine, the scenes with the spine of the world enemy, mm-hmm. the transistor kind of goes haywire, right? Like he sounds drunk or mm-hmm. lethargic. Yeah. If you yeah, hum, sounds drunk. Yeah, blue sounds drunk. If you hum. He will often try to hum along with you poorly. Oh, if what? You, if you hum in the, you know, when so you reach the performance stage that Red normally performs on mm-hmm. at some point in the story, and then when you come back to it because of the second part, like basically the second half of the game, yep. there's there's these uh process cluckers, the en- the enemies named cluckers, everywhere in the stands, right? And then you know Blue mentions, oh, it looks like it's a full house tonight or whatever. Yep. If you hum then. Apparently, and I don't remember this, though. I do remember them moving. The cluckers will move to your music, and they will hum with you. Yes. Oh, Easter egg. Yeah, so this is, like, super great. Also, Sybil, when you see her, and she's humming, she hums, or she, like, has a robotic process voice. She she sings uh, in in circles. In circles. uh, One of of Red's songs. Hmm. And it's, it's probably worth mentioning now that 
you know, read as her occupation or job, if you will, in Cloud Bank was was a performer. She was a singer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why it was actually, you know, just thinking about it at face value, pretty significant that um, she ended up losing her voice when the Camerata attacked her. Um, so I, I, th- I think that was supposed to be like part of her got processed and absorbed by the transistor, but not fully because Breach, or not Breach, Blue, uh, sort of came and interrupted that whole ordeal and took the brunt of the hit himself. Uh-huh. Right? And so that's why he got fully absorbed whereas she only lost her voice. Mm. You'll notice that the crash function is red. red's profile. So each function is related to a single character. And so by collecting or using that more or using it as a primary function or a side function it, or a passive function, you unlock different parts of that character's profile. So crash is red's function and breach is blue's function. Oh, yeah. neat. And it's also interesting because for, for blue or breach... You can't really get much information about it. It's it's you know kind of something along the lines of you know oh error, can't process, can't compute right, something right, wrong yeah. with this guy's profile like thing. Um, he, <laughs> I think there was something like he elected not to choose any um, gifts or traits or talents, whereas yeah. everyone else does to fulfill whatever dream sort of occupation they hold dear. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is kind of an outlier, which is strange um, because he's still in this world of Cloud Bank, but yeah. he doesn't kind of live the same sort of life that everyone else does, mm-hmm. um, which I remember led to some people wondering, like, was he a hacker? Like, was he a rogue? Was he a rogue, uh, you know, person who's logged on who wasn't supposed to be there, and that's why he's not recognized and so yeah. forth. <laughs> the yeah. reasons he cited for being for not having or like his for his job, yeah, his, his selection, his job, the answer is declined. Yeah, reasons mm-hmm. cited, still figuring things out. <laughs> hmm. There are a lot of lot of little little neat details that you know just at face value. I think that's sort of the theme of our talk so far. This game just has layers, and you can kind yeah. of go however deep you want to go, and it'll still be great. Yeah. You know, everything from the art to the music to the gameplay uh, to the narrative to love. <laughs> no, love is, love is pretty straightforward, man. It's got everything. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, you know, you know mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the way that I had uh, sort of seen Lou um, within, trapped within the transistor, he essentially is, you know, the cube from Portal. You know, it's this sort of, you know, lifeless object-like thing where you kind of project a voice onto it. You know, you kind of wish it were this character of its own. You kind of bring it to life and, you know, he doesn't have form in, you know, in like a human sense, but he come, he becomes this kind of character that you, you know, really enjoy interacting with and stuff, especially when he gets into his whole drunken sluggish state yeah. and he starts yeah. talking nonsense, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like for, like, I always pictured the star, the transistor. Like, I always thought it looked like, uh, like, have you guys seen the movie Space Odyssey? How 9000? And how, like, the star just has, like, a big, huge red eye on it? Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I always thought that was, like, interesting. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe sorry, they're Dave. inspired. Yeah, maybe they're inspired by it. Maybe. That'd Definitely be really interesting. Possible. Um, okay, so I kind of want to... One thing that I was kind of coming to the realization as Ben was talking is that 
it's pretty cool that um, that blue took the brunt of the transistor absorbing, and red just lost her voice. But then in the sword, right, you have blue with just a voice. So it's I don't know, interesting oh, connection. Th- that that was actually explained. Oh, was it? <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> There's an, the other theme that's been going on in this podcast. Been, the, so the theme here is Chris missed everything. <laughs> yeah. oh, no, you don't. The theme is Chris hasn't played it twice. <laughs> yes, that's the problem. You see, here's a trend. If you play it twice, everything becomes clear. No. <laughs> the layer should, has been dug. But, but you should, you should, no, you should also, you should definitely play it twice. Yeah, and I definitely just, will. And then think about why it's called recursion and how that plays into how you might interpret the story as well. And think about all those, like, when you play the game, you see all these little ghostly figures running around, too. Yes. <laughs> those are supposedly ghosts, or one interpretation, I should say. Those are also ghosts of red. Those are recursions of red doing oh. the same thing over and over. Oh. Hence it being called recursion. Right. Yes. Right, so you can play this game many times, and the game itself, in a in a really like cool meta way, is saying, "Yeah, and these are all the possible playthroughs. These are just like versions of you playing the game." Interesting. Or you can even say versions of everyone else playing the game. And you, one could even say, it's the entirety of society repeating itself because the entire construct of society is cyclical in nature. Therefore, what could even say love is cyclical. <laughs> Therefore, society itself is cyclical. So society is love. So the question <laughs> is: Is it a circle? Wait, what? It's a transistor. <laughs> Boom. Um. Go home and think about that. So, uh, I'm sorry, I missed the whole thing with Blue's voice. What up with that? Oh yeah, sorry. Oh, oh, right, right. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, I believe Royce explains, um, to some extent at least, that you know you would still be able to hear the voice of someone who has been absorbed by the transistor, provided that you are, you know, you know them and that you're close with them. Uh-huh. So that is why the voice that Red would hear from the transistor is blue, because mm-hmm. they you know, presumably are, you know, close. Right or uh, I was gonna say engaged or married or something like that, but yeah, at the very least, they're somehow romantically engaged. Right, I think they're engaged uh, just because Red had like a bachelorette pad. Right, they didn't live together yet. Ah, that's true. Mm. That that I believe is true. Yeah, yeah, I like <laughs> that. No, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, now that I think about it, you're right because right. he doesn't ever call it his place or their place. Yeah. Chris with the details. Nice, Chris. <laughs> One point. You, you were paying attention. <laughs> um, so it, it was real cool when you know when there she takes that uh, pit stop at one of the places and she orders the Junction Jans pizza. Yeah. And yeah. She puts his put she puts his coat back on the transistor. You know, which oh, kind yeah. of makes it look like a coat rack like thing. But oh. you know, it was it the the coat the black coat that Red wears throughout the game was actually that of blues. Yeah, uh-huh. that was. It was like he's right there with her. Oh, this theme of love, love, <laughs> love, <laughs> love. <laughs> um, so is 
are people who are absorbed by the transistor, are there consciousness inside the transistor? Is yes. Blue stuck inside the sword as he is currently lodged inside Red's body? Well, it depends on what you interpret the transistor's true function and the true nature of Cloud Bank is supposed to be. Uh, so if, if you kind of go along with this idea that all of this is kind of a, a simulated or virtual reality, mm-hmm. um, let, let, let's say that these are actual, like, quote-unquote people, like they're entities, they're beings, mm-hmm. right? Then inside of this virtual world, um, if you get absorbed by the transistor, it's, it's like you're sort of entering this other world. Right. Mm-hmm. With like contact with Cloud Bank's world. Yeah, kind of. If like Cloud Bank is like one manifestation of this virtual reality thing, hmm. this um, you know the field of wheats and the barn, and you know the two of them standing um, at the end. That's that's like another one. Or you know that's that's reality. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, hmm. uh, I. Just- think it might be the real world but it's it's hard to say um, i think it's a dream wishful thinking <laughs> they're all dead yeah well, um, you know, but you can interpret both ways which is why it's great yeah I actually and it doesn't that. matter as long as you find one that's happy with your own head <laughs> so a really interesting uh, meta approach to this is you can a, a meta interpretation is if you keep replaying it, right, you keep recursing, you can see it as Red continually trying to go back and save Blue. Oh. Right? And then it is a moment that you decide to give up and surrender yourself to the fate that you can't is when there's it ends on like a peaceful note. Right? Otherwise, it's a cyclical nature that leads to realizing he can't do anything. He's always going to die, and you're always going to have to go through this, and you're always going to end up having to make that choice of stabbing Red with the transistor. It's only after you decide, you know what, I am done playing this game, does Red have that, like, what appears to be peace. Whether it's like a figment of her imagination as she dies, or the transistor acts like a gateway to a second layer of virtual of virtual reality, or it sends them back out into the real world. Up to you. But yeah. I just thought calling it recursion and like having these like fine details of reds, these ghost reds, or whatever you want to call them, it's just such a neat detail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Clever. So, um, and correct me if I'm wrong. So, in the first playthrough, at the very beginning. You're wrong. Um, <laughs> Objection. Oh, wait, Objection. Oh, wrong game. All right, guys. All right. All right. All right. Sorry. Okay. Um, Blue says, right? Blue's the one that says, "Hey, Red, we're not going to get away with this, are we?" Mm-hmm. And then in every subsequent playthrough, uh, the same quote comes up, but in Royce's voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, what what up with that? What's going on there? Uh, I, I have, I have ideas. Anyone, anyone else? <laughs> um, no, but really quick, I really hope that, um, in order to build the 
function that says, uh, say this quote in Royce's voice. I really hope they made a recursive function that, that's, <laughs> that said on, on first iteration, use Blue's voice, and then in every yeah. recursive one, use Royce's. <laughs> I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure they did. You, know? you can actually interpret the gameplay as you writing code. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When you when you use turn, you're kind of, you know, you, you know, you plan out your attacks, right? Yeah. You're kind of writing code, you know, writing a longer block of code, and then when you when you um, play it, it's like you know, you're you're returning, you're you know, you're hitting return, you're letting that you know script or function or what have you run, right? Um, and it happens all at you know all at once. So compiling, so I, almost. yeah, I, I I think I think so. In any case, that, uh, that, <laughs> that line. interpretation. New yeah. game plus theories. That New that okay. Theory. So, admittedly, I haven't played it a third time though. Actually, <gasps> this, this podcast so far has, <laughs> has definitely made me want to. Uh, yeah, I might go back. It's 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 made my transistor itch itch a little more itchy. You might get that. Yeah. Want to get that looked at? That's why not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's getting bigger by the minute. But. Uh, <laughs> I I should probably go and confirm that every other playthrough will be in fact Royce's voice. Ooh. I don't know whether that's true or not. I only know that on the second time through it'll be Royce's voice. Mm. True. Um, but one way to interpret that is, you know, this whole idea of the recursive transistors inside of transistors deal. Right? Uh, you've absorbed well Royce has essentially been absorbed by the transistor. Mm-hmm. Right. So she hears Royce's voice uh, in this recursive playthrough because Royce is inside the transistor because it's happened before mm-hmm. and she knows him so therefore she can hear his voice and his mm. his line of like the emphasis would be on a, it would be different the way he pronounced well, not the way he pronounces it but the way he means it it's right. you know we sort of as in talking about himself like oh we're not gonna let you get away with this are we Kind of like, well, I think I forget what the li- exact line was. Something along that. Right? It's a, uh, it's hey, red. We're not going to get away with this, are we? Oh yeah. So it, it's almost kind of it's it sounds ominous because you're hearing it in Royce's voice, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The way I I had heard it was you know it's him talking from the transistor, referring to red and saying you know oh red you're not going to get away with this what you've done to me. Oh. It's kind of how you can see it, I think. But you know it's it's a it's a whole wibbly wobbly jumbly mess with you know is it you know infinite you know is it transistors all the way down <laughs> um, it is indeed transistors you know, or, all the way down or or you know do you escape to reality or not escape but do you log off or sign off to reality when you quote unquote go to the country mm-hmm. um it's it's just strange because royce um because Royce says that it's like a one-way trip or a one-way street that you can get in but you can't get out, mm-hmm. something along those lines. So that's that's the line that kind of trips me up with with all of these interpretations and theories as to what is actually happening. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I actually don't really care what. I don't. I don't. I'm not even convinced there actually is a. You know, oh, this is the canon, or this is the official interpretation, or something like that. I feel like it's it's they intentionally left it 
in a way that you know it's just fun to talk about. You know, that's the reason why we have, you know, we're having this podcast and stuff, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> it is. It's cyclical. Oh my god! <laughs> Thanks, Super Giant. You did it. Yeah, and then after this podcast, we play the game. And then we have another podcast. I mean, I mean, we should totally all play the game again, and then come back and do a how was your second recursion episode? Right. Recursive. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> right? You come back to play the game again, and you come back and be like, "Did you, did you see all the things you thought you missed?" Hey, Chris, <laughs> we're not gonna get away with this, are we? Ooh. <laughs> uh, we joke about it, but it might happen, guys. I, I I'm down for it. <laughs> I will, I, what a great I, game. Yeah. Um, okay. So there were a lot of thoughts going on in this podcast. Um, one more question to... Consciousness here, dude. What's up? We're totally stream of consciousness. We just kind of... Things just kind of get blurted out. Yeah. We've fallen unconscious at this, at this point. <laughs> um, I have one final question uh, for Kevin specifically. Okay. Uh did did Royce's voice annoy you? <laughs> yes, yes, it did. Um, so if you had the choice of punching Royce or the reporter from Mass Effect, who would you Ooh. choose, and why? <laughs> There's only one right answer here, Kevin. <laughs> choose carefully. Oh, that's a hard question, man. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I'd punch the reporter. Yes. Yeah, me too. You always answer. punch the reporter. <laughs> you always yeah. punch the reporter. <laughs> yeah. We'll let you get away with this one recursively. <laughs> Is it, was that supposed? Was that supposed to be a foreshadowing for the next podcast, Chris? Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh shoot. <laughs> it could be. Could be. Um. But yeah. Uh, does anyone have any closing or final thoughts about Transistor? Oh, are we done already? <laughs> if you, haven't, if you haven't played the game, go and buy it right now. Even if it's full price, Supergiant deserves the money. Yeah, There's no really regret do. in buying it at full price. Like The yeah. gameplay is great, so even if you only enjoy gameplay, it's awesome. The music, amazing. I've sat you know, in the backyard, the beach area. You can just lie on a hammock and listen to the music and look at these like visual sunset effects or like space effects it's just like beautiful art you sit there listen to music i did that for minutes at a time mm-hmm. everything about the game is great and obviously we spent the last two hours talking on and on about the plot <laughs> which i i apologize to basically everyone else except ben because <laughs> only, ben, only ben and i are like getting into fan theories and like oh the plot's like this and stuff everyone else is like yeah the gameplay's really fun and we're like yeah the game is really fun but... did you guys know that <laughs> I, I i think we we probably could have stru- organized and structured the uh the conversation around the story a bit more because it, it probably just comes off as just a flurry of you know random bits from the middle from the end to the beginning yeah. and back to the end and that that was probably that's probably confusing to keep track of if if you haven't played the game. You know? yeah. Which means go play the game. Yeah. yeah, then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you haven't played the game. Listen to the podcast again. <laughs> yes. yes. We, go play the we game. Actually, listen to the podcast. Play the game again. Listen to the podcast again, and then make your own podcast. And then play the game again. Yes. Yes. So we we didn't talk about things we didn't like about the game, except for Kevin oh. not liking 
Roy I, have, I have another thing I Okay, like. here we go. All oh, right. I, I have you. something too. Let's let's not even close this podcast and let's keep going. <laughs> Kevin, I can go all day. I, okay. can all day. <laughs> oh. I can too, baby. Let's go. I'm just okay. oh. uh, I, I actually really want to hear what people didn't like. Uh, so this is more of like it's not a huge thing I didn't dislike, but um, I felt they could have done a better job with how you the like UI interface when you're like swapping functions because mm. like I just found it sort of unintuitive and. It, it felt like a chore every time I wanted to like try out a new combo. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. you not know that you can click and drag? That took me a while to figure out, actually. Oh, like, I didn't figure it out not until like the middle of the game. Did that solve your feelings about it, though, or did it just kind of uh, mitigate not, it and you still complete. wish it was better? Yeah, I still. So, like, I sort of wish you could like have you could like save save combos. Oh, me too. So like, I, you know, you can I like, like try out new ones, but go back to the one you're using like quickly. Yeah. Uh, like, Safe yeah. state. That's true. Again. Yeah. But, I mean, that was that was just like a minor, minor complaint. I had that problem too. Like, I kept going into the screen. I'm like, oh no, this is not the screen I want to go into. Hey, Kevin, you you wish you could have get stashed at combo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh. <laughs> right. That would have fit into the game great. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. For, for, for all of you, for all of you programmers out there, please get. Um, I I actually had had some similar complaints regarding the uh, the the UI. You go into the menu to select the stuff. Mm-hmm. I, there's some bugs too, actually, or a bug, where yeah. um, you you know you'll go into your main loadout screen, you know you click on another thing which opens up another sort of overlay description screen on top of that or something like that and then when you click a button on there it'll sometimes also click is whatever is underneath that so sometimes it'll sort of like end up double clicking for me like it'll click it'll close this opening screen and it'll equip something that i did not mean to equip Hmm. um i don't know if that was just on you know on my machine i was playing on my old laptop at the time um so maybe it was my machine maybe it was my mouse but that actually Happened to me, you know, more on more than one occasion. So hmm. Hmm. I don't know. That that's really like my one gripe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just saying I couldn't click and drag because I was using a controller. Oh, that's well. Sucks. There's your problem. Yeah. Oh, I just okay. went there. I just <laughs> went there. <laughs> PC master race. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, um, I played on Steam, but I have a controller. You know. Mouse and keyboard master race. No. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well played. Well played. Anthony had a he had issues. Um my, it's kind of a small problem, but I thought the final boss was too easy. I don't know what you guys thought. Oh yeah. He was easier than the spine for me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you go through the game is... and it gets progressively harder and then the final boss is just like what? Yeah. But at the same time, I think it's slightly, you know, I, I think that that encounter was sort of narrative driven, right? Yeah. yeah it's not agreed. like Grant is somehow supposed to be this uber, you know, villain or not villain, but uber, like, what do you call it? Opponent in terms of fighting in the right. game, right? It's just supposed it's, to be a transistor it was user. To be equal. Yeah, yeah, it was supposed to be equal in that you guys both can use the turn function, plan out your moves and stuff. It's, I think, more that, you know, you as a player get more experience as you, you know, go through the entire game. You know what combos to use and you know how to optimize your, you know, 
series of functions to, you know, chain them to, you know, maximum. Yeah, especially since he's single target. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, so, in that sense, I think that that's what made it sort of predictable and easy to kind of uh, overcome. Mm-hmm. But I really liked the challenges in the backyard. Yeah, that was one of my favorite parts of the game. Some of the later ones were pretty hard, actually. For yeah. me. I, 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 I kept dying on some of the, uh, what were those called? Was it like called endurance or something? The ones where yeah. you like, you incrementally get harder and harder challenges, and you like gain one more slot or something like that. Uh, that was the performance test. Yeah, performance test. There you go. Yeah, some that of the was later hard. Ones, that was was it got a little hard. That's where yeah. I just. Uh, you know, using you know the the stun mechanism of crash to try to get past some of that, and oh man, some of those fetches, those dogs, yeah, they oh, just yeah. like other. Like, yeah. Oh man, I hated the dogs. Yeah, yeah. Gee, the the enemies are pretty well designed too. I mm-hmm. think. Yes, uh, I agree. And to, uh, to a point where it's really <laughs> can get really annoying. What was that, Kevin? Yeah. Clickers. Oh my god. Ultimately, every enemy actually is annoying in its own way. Like, I found cheerleaders particularly annoying because I'm like, I don't want your oh, yeah. shield. I just want to kill things. Yeah. Like, don't tell me when I can't kill you. Yeah. So, yeah. it's really well designed enemies overall. Yeah, I really like that uh, level one snapshots. I was like, dude, these guys are dumb. Oh, yeah. Like, th- that, these <laughs> pictures, like, they don't, they don't distract me that much. By like level three of snapshots, I was so irritated by them. I was like, <laughs> "You need to not do what you're doing right now." Can you just stop yeah. taking pictures of me. <laughs> yeah, block my map, block my yeah. screen. Yeah, that sort of had the uh, that was the imagery of the paparazzi, right? Because red is a star. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 just went from <laughs> trying to diss transistor to praising transistor. What just happened? Basically, you should still no. buy. It. We should. We should all buy the game again, guys. Dude, when every we try to change things up, but nothing changed. <laughs> oh my buy, god! We should buy the game again. I think that's you. Sh- you I should need. buy yourself the game, Austin. I know. I'm gonna go buy it again right now. You sh- should. Bu- <laughs> you should rebuy the game. I. That's what I'm doing. No, that's what I'm doing, Ben. You should buy the game within the game. Actually, I, I am buying it. Oh, I can't do that. How can I do that? Um, yeah, so con- moral of the story is you can't diss Transistor because <laughs> <laughs> it just comes back into how awesome it is. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, it's a really creative game. Definitely one of it, one of the kind. Yep. All right. Did you actually have in mind to try to compare it with Bastion? Bastion. Um, yeah, it, I mean... It was in the works, but um, I mean, we had plenty to talk about Transistor, so I wasn't too—I I don't know—I'm not too strict about what we have to or not have to talk about. Uh, kind of just right. go with the I flow. Think that's, I think that's worth a podcast in, in of itself. itself. Of its own. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh man, Bastion. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess uh, in terms of talking talking structure, it might have been easier to kind of go through the game. Uh, chronologically or something, but I don't know. It's also fun to just let the conversation flow, so and just rant about yep. how good transistor yeah. is. <laughs> it, yeah. it, we'll do, we'll do better on the uh, the transistor recursive podcast. Podcast, yeah. I mean, it... <laughs> recursion episode. Yeah, I mean, I think it's different styles too. You know what what different people 
uh, prefer. So, you know, listeners, if you have any uh, preferences on, you know, structure style and however you want the podcast, please comment on my website at incronaut.com slash talk. What, what, what was that again? Incronaut? How do you even spell that? Oh, great question, Ben. That's <laughs> I-N-C-R-O-N-A-U-T dot com slash NPC talk. And you can comment on each episode and like it on Facebook. <laughs> um, yeah, so does anyone have any final, final closing thoughts on how great Transistor is? That would be a... Do it! Riveting Go guess. do it now! <laughs> you heard try, it here, guys. Try not Buy to say game. anything. Buy the game. Otherwise, it's going to be another 10 minutes. <laughs> That's totally of the, okay. Of, of the same thing that we've been saying for the last <laughs> 10 minutes. It. Don't get it started. So one thing we actually didn't say is that it's actually a pretty short game. So I mean, uh, yes. if you're worried about like a huge time investment or something, it's not even that long. Like, well, how, how, how long did it take you to play it through once? I think it was like six or seven hours. I'm firing up Steam. Yeah, same oh, here. It was like six nine hours for me. So nine hours. What do I say? Comparison. <laughs> I have I have thirty five hours in this game. Wow. I played it twice, and just as a comparison, my Bastion I have thirty seven hours. So it's more or less the same. Um, playing it twice, both games. <laughs> we. But there's a there's a a bit of an upper bound for you, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, uh, Chris, he has seven hours too, huh? Oh, do I have seven? Yeah, it's a seven and a half. Okay, okay. Then I will believe in you. Um, yeah, we were making fun of Kevin for uh, taking a long time in Shadow of the Colossus. So, <laughs> 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 so reoccurring theme. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, play Transistor. Moral of the story. Oh, and Love Wins. Love wins? Love. <laughs> well, love wins. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I think uh, this was a great episode going over Transistor. Um, and I'm going to call it a night. So, uh, this is NPC Talk, episode 11, and we are out. Have a good night. Bye. Guys. Good night. Thank Bye. you. Wait, wait, Chris. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Get away with this, Arv. <laughs> <laughs>